This is The Mitch Gray Show, where we are bringing the art of humanity back to leadership. Subscribe to The Mitch Gray Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, where you'll find each of our episodes and other resources that will equip, inspire, and empower you to lead well. And now, The Mitch Gray Show. What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to The Mitch Gray Show. Thank you for listening to another episode of the show. We hope you find these beneficial to your growth and um, excitement in life. Make sure you subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, Mitch Gray Show. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, where you'll find most of our shows and other content and material to help you grow in your leadership. Today, I'm talking with Catherine Canty. Catherine, welcome to the Mitch Gray Show. Thank you so much, Mitch, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, as I always do, we had a great conversation beforehand, shared some tricks of the trade with each other that um, maybe we'll share with the public at some point if we like them. We've got to try all of our tricks of the trade first before we, before we suggest them. So it was a great conversation. Um, Catherine, you are a self-proclaimed tenacious connector and recovering banker. Um, you're a leadership coach helping high potential managers turn into senior leaders and you're B2B selling, um, you're obviously creating some really great results. And so I'm excited to have this conversation and you have something that's fairly new that you've designed that you're going to share with us today. But in the pre-show, we were kind of talking about your journey and what life has looked like. And you kept using a word um, and that word was adapt. And so I always like to open with a big question to get the audience kind of honed in. And so coming out of the last 18 months, um, both with just normal everyday people like you and I, or with people running large businesses or school systems or whatever, adaptability has become the subject of the day. And so my big question for you is, what does it mean? What does it look like to have the aptitude and the ability to adapt? Great question to uh, start it off. Um, adaptability and um, I think agile is a word that we used a lot in banking. And um, it's just, it's vital for everything we're doing today at work, at home, in our communities, however we define our network of people. Um, we've got to be able to adapt and I was just having a coaching call earlier this week with an extremely powerful woman, and she's taking on, you know, an additional territory as the, as the general manager of this, this company. And as she's looking at it, I could hear it in her voice. She's like, you know, I don't mind going down there and, and just kind of getting, getting the, the bootstraps going and getting that momentum going. But, but you can hear it in her voice. She's starting to kind of feel and sound a little tired. I'm like, what are you doing for you? Because I know she loves to exercise and she just needs that time to decompress. And, and, and she provides more value when she takes a step back to take care of herself. And I, I heard it in her voice. And I just kind of challenged her a little bit with it. I said, are you still, are you still exercising? Are you still finding that gym? She's like, I can't, you know, the hotel we're staying at, the gyms aren't back open yet. And I need to be there at the crack of dawn. I got to be there at the end of the day. Cause that's when, when the folks are there, cause they come in and, and they get the cruise, they go out and same thing at the end of the day, reverse order. So 
So, okay, well, let's get creative. What are we going to do? Because we know that you are more valuable when you can take 30 minutes, 45 minutes to yourself and go run and go find a gym. I said, I know the 24 seven fitness places are open. Let's start Googling those. I know you have an assistant, have that person, just like they're booking your hotel room, book a gym for you. Mm -hmm. And if that means you need to take an extra 30 minutes or lunch or just in banking, this is what we always joked about was, you know, you, you go into the high rise and you have an extra set of keys and an extra set of glasses and you would leave those on your desk. And then you would go walk around and maybe come back and maybe not come back for like a couple hours. And I said, I'm like, I'll deny it. But this is what corporate banking taught me is have an extra set of keys and uh, an extra set of glasses, leave them on your desk, tell them you'll be right back and go for a run. Because when you come back, your mind's going to be clear and you're going to be able to contribute even more than before. And you could hear the weight come off of her. And she like, you're right. We've talked about this. I got in a great routine. I do great when that happens. Um, she's like, I just got to get back into it. So adapting is yeah. Nine to five doesn't look like nine to five anymore. Um, adapting is yeah. The hotel gyms are closed, but we can continue to make excuses or we can just go ahead and, and realize this is what it is right now. And if that means I've got to go, you know, find a park, then that's what I'm going to do. And, um, Another thing that has been big just with coaching clients talking about um, adaptability is, is finding that thinking time. And so they may have to find yes. that park and, and yes. find that space. And you got to get creative. Everybody thinks it's got to be done in the office and it doesn't have to be. There's so many other places that you can be to get results. So adaptability is everywhere. I love that. And I love that story. Um, you know, really the, the phrase that comes to my mind when we're talking about this is self-compassion. You know, we've, we've been fed this myth and this lie that, that it takes even 40 hours a week to be effective. If you're in management or ownership, it takes 60 to 75 and like somewhere down the road, somewhere along the line, someone made up this mythical threshold that to be, to be an impactful worker, you've got to work 40 hours a week and to be an impactful owner, you've got to put in 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And it's like, but if I have nothing left then I have nothing to give. And, and, you know, the studies are just pouring in now about the four day work week and what that looks like. And, um, and that is so powerful. And, and if the last 18 months taught us anything is that guess what happens when we slow down, the world keeps rotating and it <laughs> always will. stops. It always will until it doesn't. And we don't, you know, whatever that looks like, whenever it looks like. And so, you know, I love that you were able to give her that encouragement that the same problems you're going to face now at three o'clock are still going to be there at five o'clock potentially. So take some time, take some time. So as an entrepreneur, you spent, you spent 20 years in the corporate world. You're the last couple of years you've been building and more of that entrepreneur, solopreneur, whatever that looks like for you. How has that alone um, changed your attitude and perspective of the things you just talked about? How are you able to coach someone differently now than you maybe did 15 years ago when you were in the corporate kind of, you know, rat race wheel running around and around? I think that balance has always been important. And as I was able to work with a lot of CEOs in the positions that I was given, um, listening to them and hearing the people who said it was important, but also hearing the people who said it was important, but actually did something about it and lived it, mm. it, it, it stuck. And um, you can see the fully successful people are those that guard their time. Like yes. it is yes. a, a pot of gold and you 
don't get my pot of gold unless I really find value in it. And um, you, you've got to guard your time. And even just earlier this morning, you know, we're talking, we were just listening to a, a podcast about how, how many hours a day are people spending watching TV versus spending time with their kids. Mm. And our culture is showing that, you know, we're watching more TV than we are spending time with our kids. And mm. how do we, how do we change this time management and this, this aspect? So um, not just, I guess, seeing it and hearing it but, or not just hearing it, but I need to be able to see it. And then that helps me realize what kind of lifestyle I want to create for myself. And then how do I get to that end result as a, as a piece of, you know, being able to live life. So what we're talking about is not easy to make sure that you um, take time for yourself and that self-care and that self-compassion, but I want to relate this to leadership. So we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of take this bridge and build it. Um, There's this idea that, that I believe leaders Leaders are often missing the boat when it comes to connecting with their teams. Mm-hmm. And here's the commonality I'm going to draw. So we're talking about, you know, you gave us the story about the, um, the, the, the woman who is running teams, leading teams, whatever her position is, and making sure she's taking care of herself. I also use that same analogy with leaders. And that is, yeah, you've got to make sure you're taking time for yourself. But your next priority is making sure you're taking time for your team, whatever that looks like. So how can leaders make sure that they're connecting with their team? If it's a small business owner, you know, they're connecting with each employee if it's possible. Um, What are some things they can do to just make sure that connection is happening? Because I believe that's actually the bridge to building trust, which is then the bridge to building employees that have enjoyment, do their job well, and want to stick around for a while. Um, So that same principle of self-compassion, self-care now kind of translated to leadership, team compassion, team care. Okay. So this probably is going to sound a little too simple, but it's also could be a little scary, a little hard. Um, What if you were to ask your team, and you could do it one-on-one and see how it goes. You could do it as a group. You could have a brainstorming session. This doesn't have to take a long time, but ask your team, what are one or two things I can do as a leader next week that would make your life easier? And listen to what they have to say. And so this process is ask, listen, thanks. So you ask a simple question in the future. So nobody's getting their feelings hurt for the past. You're going to listen to what they say. Don't argue, but just listen. Um, And then just say, thank you. And don't make any commitments. Go back and see of all that stuff that they shared, is anything there that you're willing to do? And more than likely what I've found when we talk about this with, with clients and just with other folks is they go, gosh, that person really doesn't want me to do a whole lot. I thought I had to go do X, Y, Z. And I just have to go and do this one small thing, which is bring them a Starbucks once in a while. And that's all I got to do. Are you sure that's all I have to do? And so they've, they've Brene Brown themselves. They're telling themselves stories in their head of what they think the other person wants. And really a simple question. What can I do next week to be a better leader, a better team member, whatever that is, better spouse, better mom, Um, find out what it is. It could be a lot easier than what you're telling yourself. And that's just one small step. Pretty simple. 
but it's, it's there. But so powerful. And, and it's amazing how many, in general, all of us were kind of talking leaders, but yes, you're right. Parents, school teachers, whoever. Um, but it's amazing how many people in leadership positions never even ask that question. I mean, I've seen people in leadership for 20 years that have not once asked their people what they can do better, how they can grow, how they can relate to them better, et cetera, et cetera, however you want to package it. And such a small question, but if you pay attention, I love your ask, listen, and say thanks. If you pay attention and really respond, and sometimes, like you said, that response is simply reflection on what they've said. And, and what I love to tell leaders is share that reflection with your team, that transparency, you know, there's so much data out that really the reason that the main, one of the top reasons that people don't enjoy their jobs is lack of leadership transparency. And so leaders are like, well, what am I supposed to show them the books? And it's like, just show them the things that really matter. And that is, Hey, you know, Catherine, I reflected on what we talked about last week, and I'm going to have the third Friday of every month be Starbucks Friday. That goes so long in that relationship with your people. It's amazing. Yeah. Very often it's something small that you or I would never think of by ourselves, but when you ask them and you empower them and they feel like they have a voice at the table and it's so it's small. I mean, Starbucks is not a big deal, but heck, if that's all I got to do to keep the reports being generated and, and everybody happy, then heck yeah, I'll go to Starbucks every third Thursday of the month or whatever it needs to be and make it happen. Yeah. I just love that powerful thing about it, you know, and really you can apply that to job performance, right? Same principle. It's say you have a sales team and one person is really low in sales performance. The simple question of, Hey, what can I help you do? What can I provide for you to to help you have a better chance of success? People aren't going to lie to you. (laughs) They're just not, they're, they're going to tell you the truth. Now, the truth may not be what you want to hear, yeah. But they're going to tell you the truth, especially if you're not used to doing this. If you have high employee turnover, if your leadership isn't developing the way you want, those first t- couple of times you ask those simple questions, it's probably not going to be the stuff you want to hear. But very soon after you respond to those, um, you'll be able to get to the simple Starbucks request, right? Yes. <laughs> sometimes yes. at the beginning, sometimes it's a little more than that, like maybe more training or maybe having a better manager in place or whatever that looks like. But um, yeah, I just think it's crazy that leaders don't ask that. And really, you know, what, what are your thoughts on why, why is that, um, that, that leaders kind of fear that question? It probably creates a little bit of vulnerability. Um, you have to have that courage and, and humility and discipline to be able to step up as a leader. And just because you're the manager of a department doesn't mean that you're going to be a great leader. And, um, you know, sometimes we joke the folks with the longest titles are probably maybe your poorest leaders. And, um, you know, who cares about the title? Are you able to lead people? Because most of the times I had one CEO tell me I can find people to fill the seat. I need somebody who can think I need somebody who can bring me very thought provoking, strategic, visionary type pieces to this table because I can get anybody to execute it all day long, but right. I need that, that thinking partner to help me get through, you know, the next three to five years. Yeah. And, um, yeah. it definitely takes courage to go up to your CEO and be able to share feedback yes. or, or information that could help them because very often they, 
sometimes get surrounded by those yes people. And uh, yeah, having that courage, the discipline to consistently ask, not just make it a one-time ask. Yes. And, yes. Um, and just that, that strength and, and, and discipline to be able to show up and be able to receive the information, humility. I mean, gosh, you don't know what they're going to say. So it, it takes a lot of those characteristics. I, I like to suggest to people in, in those positions, because, you know, people like you and I, or people that are running organizations, we, our calendar is our master, right? It's like, if it's not in my calendar, it's not going to happen. And before the show, you and I were sharing different features of, you know, things in calendars, et cetera, that we alluded to earlier. But I, I always like to, you know, to encourage people, include those things in your calendar, you know, on, on Fridays at nine o'clock set an appointment that says, go say thank you to everyone. Set an appointment that says, you know, pick up Starbucks and deliver it. Whatever that is, set those things in your calendar because then you have an appointment with yourself and you have an appointment with your team and your people and you can make sure that something is there to, to hold you accountable. Yeah, yeah. I think um, we're going to see more and more of that, hopefully, mm -hmm. um, especially so. in this post-COVID so. world. Yeah. You know, we've talked about it a lot in, in the past, but I think, you know, as terrible as, as COVID was, I think there could be some good that comes out yes. and maybe a better quality of life now that literally the whole world shut down yes. um, and it still continued to spin, as you said earlier, um, <laughs> you know, what if we, what if we realize it's okay to do a zoom call once in a while instead of having to get on the airplane, you know, it's yeah. okay. You can be at home and, and be with your family. So yeah. there, there might be some good that comes out of all this. One of my favorite stories about zoom calls during COVID because all of us were on zoom, right? Yeah is I was at a, I was in a conference for some other work that I do. And there was, oh gosh, I think like 500 people on that zoom call. It was a pretty large nationwide conference. The main presenter was sitting in front of her bed. I mean, she was dressed. She didn't have her pajamas on. She was, right. but you could just tell that was the place that she zoomed and guess what? Everyone thought about it. Nobody cared. No. Two years ago, that would have never have happened. That would have never have happened. And it's like, that's kind of cool that we, you know, I like to call it grace. We're giving each other grace. We're giving ourselves grace. And it's perfectly okay if you don't have the best backdrop and your bedroom is the most comfortable place for you to do Zoom calls. Go for it. Who cares? Yeah, we've, we've all benefited from a crisis. And yeah. usually that's when change happens. That's exactly right. Crisis comes in. Yeah, it's exactly right. So Catherine, you went, I, I said it earlier, you went from 20 years in the corporate world, um, pretty much the banking industry, if I understand it right. And over the last few years, you don't have to tell the whole story, but you've been able to develop through your experiences in the corporate world and personal experiences. You've been able to develop some really successful um, programs and, um, and, and a variety of, of opportunities for developing leaders. So I want to ask two questions. Number one, how did you make that transition and using all of your experience? I love that personal story because we all arrived at where we are through walking some crazy human path, right? So how did you kind of arrive at where you are? And then what, what do things look like going forward? What, you know, you're, you're kind of in the middle of the landscape as people are changing their mind on a lot of the things we're talking about. So how did you arrive now? What does that look like? And then where are you going um, forward with developing leaders? So we talked about adaptability in the beginning and, and being agile. And throughout my career, I've always looked for opportunities that were out there. And maybe they were opportunities that people thought were bad ideas. But 
Um, I have found that if I play where nobody else wants to play, I can usually find a bigger opportunity by the end of the day, um, which has afforded me a lot of of success um, with various team members. So it's funny, just throughout the years, nobody wanted to do some of these jobs that I've had. And by the end of it, it didn't look like what it used to. And um, it was a lot of fun. So to do that, you've got to adapt, adapt to what that job was, adapt to what the perception of that job was, and um, just constant evolving. And so the past two years being on my own has been really fun. And uh, I've learned a lot. Um, I have responded to different client and prospect needs and created different programs. And I've always wanted to put together all of these 20 years of experiences and everybody doesn't always see how I can connect the dots between all these different stories and experiences. Um, But through a lot of reflection, like what we've talked about earlier, this forced reflection and um, thinking about it and processing it, um, I'm actually going, I'm in the process of, of pivoting towards not just leadership coaching, but expanding it to include the other services that I've provided over the years. Mm. And I'm calling it a business vitality framework. And it's going to be everything that has to do with maintaining um, vitality in the business world. And so it's constant adaption, constant, you know, being agile. And uh, it's a four-step framework. And the first two are looking inward. And then the second two steps within the framework are looking outward. And so I'm going to lean into this and, uh, and see where it takes me. Why did you begin with inward when, when you're developing this program and you're, you're like, okay, what are, what are these four steps to business vitality? What, what made you choose to look inward first? You can't do anything unless you're willing to change first. It's it's Yeah. You got to look at yourself. We got to look in the mirror before you can start looking at other people. So there's a lot of work that we can do internally before we dare step out and, uh, and ask for someone else to trust us first. So when you're working with a team, you know, let's, let's just give an example. If you've got um, a small, small business, they have, you know, 300 employees and kind of a functional CEO um, who could potentially be owner, CEO, whatever, and then a management team and then employees. When you're, you know, they, they, they want to work through your program. Who do you begin with? You're talking, we begin inward and then we go outward. What does that look like? Um, do you begin with CEO owner management team first and then move to employees? What, what is kind of the priority there in steps? It depends on who reaches out. Um, but eventually we need to talk with who the, who's leading the team, who's the sponsor of all of this work. And it's, the tone of, of everything is, is set at the top. And if they're bought in for transformation, then this is going to be a successful engagement. If the CEO and the leadership team is not bought in for transformation or the need for it or the want for it, then, you know, call me when you're ready. And, um, you know, I'll still be here, but I'm not going to waste your time and I'm not going to waste mine. I think there's a lot of great opportunity out there, but we have to start at the top because that's where you set the tone, the vision, the culture. Um, That's where you start. And if we don't have the leaders that are willing to have the courage and humility and discipline to lead, then it's just not going to be a successful engagement. And I'm, I'm looking for transformation and results. And that's where it starts. 
how do you how do you build begin building a bridge? I'm going to call it healing. I'm going to use that word. Okay. Um, how do you begin building a bridge? Um, you know, you, you you have companies that that existed before the pandemic, and maybe they functioned one way. And through this last 18 months, they've learned really quickly, like we've mentioned a few times, that life isn't going to be the same. It's it's different. Employees have different expectations. Um, customers have different expectations now. The game has changed. So how can a leader or a leadership team begin building a bridge of healing from the standpoint of the way things used to be to the way things are now? That's really kind of a transformation. Um, let's take a business that maybe had high turnover, um, culture wasn't great. Maybe they were very profitable, but it was just one of those things where it was a turn mill of employees and they were just trying to find who was going to work. And now they've kind of become more self-compassionate, more compassionate toward others. You know, you're talking about leadership buying in, you're talking about transparency. What are some steps that a leadership team can take to begin building that bridge of transitional healing and building trust back with their people and kind of figuring this all out? Mindsets are going to be a huge piece of this overall puzzle and, and understanding where the mindsets are within the leadership team and, and the, the key positions in the company. So understanding where the mindset is, and it sounds like based off the description that you've given that we have shifted or they have shifted their mindset from um, talking about the problem to talking about the solution. Ooh. So I think that's a really big transition. And so you're what you kind of described a minute ago was it sounds like, you know, they're kind of, they're getting over it and they're ready to, to see the future. And so in that particular instance, then we are going to start celebrating successes. We're going to begin to identify these small rocks, um, successes and, and breaking down some pretty, you know, big obstacles and goals that they want to set for themselves and for their business and break it down by team, break it down by the team member and held people accountable and let them know that they're part of the overall success. And um, everything that I've done in the past has been broken down into, you know, a framework of three, three steps, like most of anything in life can be broken down into three steps, in my opinion. But then the first step could be huge, but we're going to keep breaking that down into three steps, but we're going to get this to where it, we can eat this elephant. And right, right. all along the way, we're going to be celebrating these successes. And it could just be the Starbucks on Thursday. Hey, if we hit our goals, then I'll bring, bring you Starbucks on Thursday. If we don't, no big deal. We, we're going to adjust, yeah. but we're all going to give it a try. And uh, we're going to celebrate along the way. So again, that probably sounds super simple, but I think celebrating these wins is a great opportunity to bring the team together, to create transparency and to allow everybody to feel like they're a part of what the solution is. And now we've shifted the mind from a problem mindset into a solution, forward thinking, building people up. And I think that's really important. I love that. Um, you know, the, an, another thing that I think people forget in talking about celebrating success is simply telling your people, thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I remember sharing that with a leader one time, like, Hey, when's the last time you, you told your employees, thank you for showing up. And he was like, why would I do that? And I'm like, because they have a choice. <laughs> they don't have to show up for you. 
And just that small idea of, hey, thanks for showing up today. Let's get to work. Let's hit our goals and let's have some fun. And I love that that opportunity for celebrating success. I, I, I think celebration, and, and this is even a challenge in my own personal life, we don't do it enough. And especially when you throw other people in the mix, it's like, okay, how can we celebrate that we hit our sales goal this month or we added more clients or we just freaking survived the last 18 months. It's like, how can we celebrate what has taken place? And that is such a beautiful thing. I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. So let's kind of dig into that a little bit real quick. What, what's something someone can do? We, we keep throwing Starbucks out. Let's do something else okay. this time. <laughs> if someone says, wow, I never thought about celebrating success like, like I should, or even celebrating it with you know my team. What's something small this week that someone could do to begin that celebration process? And, and I want to add something to it. How could they do it together? How could they plan that success together rather than just leadership coming down from on high and saying, here's your Starbucks, but they're actually including their team in that. All right. So if you're managing a group of people, I would encourage you to next time you're at the grocery store, pick up pick up some note cards, uh, go over to the card section and pick up a, a thank you card. And inside of that card, write a note. And I will go as far as write that letter to the spouse of that person ah. who works for you and just say, hey, I'm so happy that Mitch comes into work every day. He is out there getting XYZ done. Um, we just had XYZ, you know, come happen at work. And it was, you know, it's just a really big piece in the overall puzzle of what we're doing here. And, um, you know, let Mitch know that he does a great job, but then, Hey, take it a step further and, and write it to the spouse and kind of bring the family into it and, um, let them take some of that work celebration to the house. And that doesn't cost any money. What is stamps? 50, 52 cents or See, so. We're going to say 85 cents for a set of 30 cards and a stamp, whatever it is. Yeah. You can go yeah. to the dollar store and get greeting cards really cheap. So what's your ROI on that? If you, yeah. if you can yeah. retain an employee because he just got yeah. bragged on at the family and the family's like, what do you do all day? And he's burned out. Cause he's like, I don't know. I'm just trying to get my emails done. Right. And you know, you, you come home, you got a note and it's not a bill in the mailbox. Cause I know that's yeah. the bulk of my mailbox is bills. So yeah, put something good in the mail and send it out. Ah, that, that is such a caveat. I didn't know. I did not think that's the direction you were going to go. I love it. That is amazing. And, and again, all of the things and the little changes that, that you're talking about today are so small and they cost so little money. I, I think I think part of the reason that leaders often talk themselves out of doing things is they think too big. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, we have to have a company retreat or, oh, we have to have a pizza party that's going to cost 150 bucks or what, whatever it is. And it's like, th those are the bonus, you know, what, what I like to call, and you're kind of from the South, those are just gravy on the biscuits. Like that's the bonus to all of this. Mm -hmm. Just do the small things consistently. And it will drastically change everything that's taking place. And what's crazy is, like you just alluded to, writing a thank you card to the spouse or partner or whoever of your employees. If it's a teenager, write the thank you card to the mom and dad 
Um, Do you know how I, thrilled the parents would be if oh, they got incredible. a note saying that they have a great kid? <laughs> it's incredible. And, and I've experienced that personally back in my teenage, you know, I, I've had experiences uh, back years ago when I, I used to love recruiting as my part-time people, um, recruiting kind of the all-star high school kids. You know, back in the day, there was the DECA program and other programs. And those school teachers got to where they would just send me people constantly. So I had a constant flow of part-time high school kids and I would do something similar to make sure I think to those teachers that that made their year to know that the kid that they recommended is doing a great job. And you talk about building job satisfaction and you talk about building you know, loyalty, if we're going to use that word, and you talk about building high performers, those little things do far more than planning a company retreat over six months or spending $150 on pizza, far more needs to be authentic. So yes. don't use your standard language with yes. your standard stationery. Throw a few creative sentences in there yeah. and, uh, and, and be authentic. Oh, okay. Wait, so we can't copy and paste. Is that what I'm hearing no, you say? That's a little, not if you want that, <laughs> not if you want that impact that I know that you're looking for. Yeah. I love that idea, Catherine. I, I really do. And I love the idea of being a bit old school and sending something in the mail. I, I think that's uh in today's day and age where people don't receive that stuff that goes a long way. So, um, so go back to your four steps. We talked, talked a little bit about, you know, you're going to look inward first. Mm -hmm. What happens then kind of quickly surmise for us, what happens then outward? Are you talking about, you know, clients, customers, or is outward from leadership team to employees, or is it a mix of kind of both? What does that look like? I've, I've always had the mindset that you have customers within the company that you work with because you got to get along with other teams and those are your customers. Yes. Um, but I think you can also use this for your real, you know, your paying customers outside that, that keep the business going. So um, this, the second half of it initially is, is just about solving the struggle and truly understanding what the ultimate struggle is. We are not just selling a service or a product, but we're helping somebody create um, a better life or better experience. And so what are we ultimately trying to get down to? It's not that we're just trying to open up another account. We're not just trying to close another sale. There's a reason that people are reaching out to you, needing your help. And when you figure out what that theme is, you're going to be able to have a bigger impact and be able to help more people. And um, also within that, that second half of the framework is your, your storytelling ability. And can you keep it streamlined and efficient, not wordy, not long, not confusing. How can we make it easy on other people to do business with us? How can we make it easy for people to connect with us and, and make it to the point where they want to work with us because it's easy to talk with Mitch and it's easy to work with you. And you just, you just make everything smooth and transition and, and it's, it's easy and fun. And so how can we do that? And I think storytelling and having clear call to actions are definitely a part of of the need that, that we need to see. Yes. Love that. That kind of harkens back to, um, Donald Miller, you know, the, the customers, the hero, if you're talking about leaders, your, your employee, I love how you have, you have customers within your ecosystem, Yeah. make them the hero and learn to be a good storyteller because, uh, that's what I call leading from humanity. There's that common connection and that common connection is the story. And we all have one. And when you, that's part of the, part of the challenge I have with uh, most people's interviewing process is they never get to the story of the applicant. And it's like, 
if you could get to the store, you might change your mind on whether or not you want to hire them. And it's the same with a customer. It's the same when you're building that message is learning to craft that story. I love that idea. Love it. Yeah. So you use the phrase business vitality. Mm -hmm. And so lastly, I want to get to, you know, you've created these four steps to business vitality. Well, then the most important question is, well, what is business vitality? Like explain that and define that to the listeners of what you mean by business vitality. What is constant right now is, is this constant need for change. And it's always going to be there in the business world. Um, we're going to continue to have to solve for problems that are going to be coming at us. And COVID is not going to be the first or last problem right. or opportunity that comes to us. Right. We're going to have changes in leadership. We're going to have to shift our mindset. We are going to have to figure out how for our teams to work together stronger, better than ever. And even if you have a young team, that doesn't mean that half that team could be leaving you or not leaving you. You don't, you're not guaranteed anything except for change and being able to adapt and adjust and be able to respond to your customers, internal and external, helping them solve the problem, lead with value and effectively be able to tell a story that makes it easy to do business with you is what we consistently need throughout this world. That is nothing but constant change. And um, just we talked about adapting earlier, business is constantly adapting and we yes. need to adapt with it. And the business vitality framework allows you to do that. I love it. So we're going to surmise business vitality is the ability to adapt <laughs> and do it well, right? Yes. <laughs> and do it well. I love that. Um, Catherine, tell the people where they can connect with you or reach out to you. Or um, we, we do have quite a few in our audience who are entrepreneurs, business owners, solopreneurs. How can they uh, find you and dig dig more into what you do and, and potentially reaching out. Thank you. My website is katherinecanty.com and that's with a C. And then also you can find me at LinkedIn under the same name, Catherine Canty, and that'll loop you back over to my website. Great. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. So Catherine, this has been great. Any last thoughts you want to leave the people before we sign off? Just keep, uh, keep learning, keep listening. And, um, the answers are out there. We just have to keep reflecting on our experiences to find those. Thanks for having me, Mitch. Thanks, Catherine. It's been great. Brothers and sisters, we hope you are well. Make sure you subscribe to the Mitch Gray Show anywhere you listen to podcasts and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media. And you will find Catherine's contact info in the show notes so you can connect with her. And um, everyone I have on the show loves when people reach out, whether you're just wanting to network or whether you're looking to hire some coaching for your business and leadership skills, reach out, connect, network. That's why we are here. Hope you have a great day and we will talk to you soon.